The Free Vision app is where you'll find a growing range of on-demand audio and video to help you look to God daily. Search Vision Christian Media in your app store. 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au. Uh, let's uh, start our conversation, though, welcoming our special guest, Dr. David Van Gend, who's the president of the Australian Marriage Forum. Hello, David. Welcome along to 2020. G'day, Neil. Very nice to be back. David, good talking to you about this issue. Uh, it is fever pitch now, uh, and in the lead-up to the August sitting of the federal parliament, where there is a possibility, and I say possibility because there are some who are in the marriage debate who are saying that it's inevitable that there will be a vote uh, on same-sex marriage, and that may or may not happen. Uh, but there are a lot of things coming to light now as things are in, as I say, fever pitch Uh, talking through this marriage debate that are so important to talk about because it seems to be that most people around Australia haven't had a full understanding of what this means if there is change to the Marriage Act. And you have been at the heart of some of the defence of marriage and not for the same sorts of reasons as uh, some people tend to want to tar you with a brush but really talking about the rights of children because children are so important and the ones who will be mostly affected by the issues of the marriage debate. And David, this research that you've, uh, that you've been able to commission through the Australian Marriage Forum, uh, let's talk through some of those things this hour. But, but just quickly, children in this debate are the primary focus. That's right, Neil. Um, I mean, the only reason marriage exists is because uh, male and female uh, mammals tend to uh, get together and create offspring. And uh, in society, if uh, male and female create children and then there's no social effort to keep them together, to keep the man with his mate, which takes a bit of doing in society, keep a man with his mate, keep them both together for the sake of their child, even if they don't have children, just for the sake of social stability... But that is why marriage exists. Um, even the old atheist philosopher Bertrand Russell, um, in his book Marriage and Morals, he said, quote, It is through children alone that sexual relations become of importance to society. So he makes that point that um, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't have this great tradition of, of contracts and vows and, and, and social institutions of marriage to keep men and women together so that every child can have a mum and a dad. You just wouldn't have it other than for the fact that it is the primary child-centred institution in society. And as you said, Neil, if we demolish it and turn it into some meaningless emotional slop between any adults who want to be emotional together, you have destroyed the whole purpose of the institution because you have brought in an institution which makes it impossible for a child to have both their mum and their dad. Impossible. Not, not just a tragic loss, but a deliberate act of Parliament saying we will have marriages where a children has no possibility of a mum and a dad. And as you say, I think that's the heart of the matter and why we must not let this thing happen. Well, just a little earlier on last hour, I was talking to uh, one of our guests about this word momentum. And there appears to be momentum on the back of the uh, Irish referendum and, of course, the U.S. Supreme Court decision uh, just last weekend. I know you've been very critical of those judges uh, usurping the democratic process in the United States. Phenomenal. You have 
300 million people in America, um, two-thirds of them, when they've been asked to vote on same-sex marriage, have said no. Two, 61% versus 39% uh, have voted to leave marriage as it is. That's 50.1 million Americans voted to leave marriage alone and 35 million voted to change it. That's a very large majority in politics. And 31 of the 35 states in America um, that have held ballots have had a ballot saying leave marriage alone. So you've got the voice of the people in America saying one thing and then you've got the judges coming in over top of them and saying another. It started with a federal court judge overruling the Californian referendum, which even in California, decadent California, said keep marriage between man and woman for the sake of the child. And in comes a judge who later declared himself to be homosexual, but he didn't at the time. He just made his judgment. And he made his judgment to overturn the people's referendum. And this is one of the cases that found its way to the Supreme Court of the United States last week. And there, by a majority of five to four, so by one person majority, a straw poll of nine citizens who happen to be lawyers, they decide for the entire country that same-sex marriage will be imposed on the entire country and there is no further discussion. Now, of so course, the consequences are the things that you've been speculating about yep. uh, with a decision like that that affects all of those citizens in the United States. And what people here in Australia are talking about a momentum that pushes us uh, closer to some form of change here in Australia. Yeah. Let's talk about those consequences. What yeah. is likely to be the upshot of a decision like that, David? Well, the first thing is, very briefly, you have now created in America um, an institution of um, uh, marriage without a woman, which means families without a mother. You have determined that future children in America have no chance of a mother or have no chance of a father because of an act of the Supreme Court. So that is an injustice against certain children. But it's also an injustice against all future children in America. All children must now be taught with the force of law in schools that homosexual behavior is identical to the relationship of their mother and father. Identical in law, therefore in morals. And so it is enforcing a certain moral view of sexual behavior on the entire country and that is very grave for the churches but also for people of good conscience who aren't necessarily Christians or, or Jews and so on. That is terrible and remember those of us who understand the motives behind the homosexual lobby know that that is the main game. They, don't really, they really don't care about marriage, they've always despised marriage, it's a patriarchal, sexually repressive, old-fashioned institution. What they want is the power of law to compel society to approve homosexual behaviour and treat them as if their behaviour is entirely the same in morals as, as a man and a woman. Now, look, that is something I disagree with. It's not the case. Um, we love our friends and our neighbours and whoever, you know, who suffer same-sex attraction, but for them to force us by law to agree that their behaviour is right is a step too far, and that's what the Supreme Court has done. One more thing, though, um, as far as consequences... The Chief Justice of the Supreme Court, uh, Justice Roberts, when he made his dissenting ruling uh, at the Supreme Court, said, people of faith, and I'm quoting him, people of faith can take, can take no comfort in the treatment they receive from the majority ruling today, because the most discouraging aspect of today's decision 
is the extent to which the majority of judges feel compelled to sully those on the other side of the debate to portray everyone who does not share the majority's understanding as bigoted. So, mate, uh, anyone who disagrees with these people, they don't agree to disagree. They claim the moral high ground and call the rest of us bigots. And then the final thing that follows, look at this, just now, this week, the newspaper of the capital of Pennsylvania, right, um, Harrisburg newspaper, has said in its editorial policy, quote, we will now strictly limit any opinion pieces or letters to the editor that oppose same-sex marriage. These unions are now the law of the land. We will not publish any such letters and opinion pieces any more than we would publish those that are racist, sexist, or anti-Semitic, end quote. Do you get the feel? It's scary, isn't it? It is. Uh, let me just ask you your thoughts on the political situation, because... Uh, Barack Obama is on the left side of politics in the United States and uh, you might assume that those judges on the Supreme Court uh, might be left-leaning because they perhaps are uh, are appointments uh, by the uh, the uh, left side of politics in the United yeah. States. Uh, in Australia, the left side of politics is pushing for this change to our Marriage Act. Is this something that, uh, that uh, is certainly a pattern in these nations where there is change or momentum towards change? Yes, it's a, it's a very long uh, political ideological move for many decades, even, even a century or so since the Marxist era, to demolish the integrity of the family because it is the great rival to the state. It is the great centre of authority that opposes and resists the state. So from a socialist point of view, it's a very long-term goal to destroy the family. Um, but just before um, your next guest comes on, I know who's coming on and who's one of my, one of my heroes in this field, Senator Erica Betts. Um, you'll hear from him how different it is in Australia. You'll hear from him that as much fever pitching as might be going on out there, it doesn't affect the cool head of someone like Senator Betts. Because in Australia, our High Court has, to their great credit, stepped right out of the picture. They're not going to act like the Supreme Court in America. They've said it's a matter for the people and the federal parliament. And so it is entirely in the hands of the people here. And that is, you know, much better than America. It's much, much, we're much different to Ireland, too. Ireland had a referendum which gave them an opportunity to punch the church in the face. This church that had been so much a part of their culture, which had so disgraced itself by a small number of perverted priests doing terrible things. But this was the chance for the people to react by punching the Irish church in the face. We don't have that here. We don't have all that you know, all that, all that baggage. So here we have a much better chance of a clear and balanced um, attempt anyway to, to put the case against same-sex marriage. And I have not given up this fight at all. The church is on the move. Mobilizations of the Catholics and Anglicans in Sydney in particular, Presbyterians and, and Pentecostal groups, everyone is saying, you, you, you good people, you good gay people can live as you choose, but you cannot redefine marriage for all of us and you cannot force future children to miss out on a mum or a dad just to gratify your needs right now. Dr David Van Gend, President of Australian Marriage Forum. David, stick around because we'll continue this conversation and we'll take calls from listeners. Our talkback lines will be open shortly, uh, 1-800-316-316. But let's uh, introduce a special guest to Senator Erica Betts, who's the leader of the government in the Senate, uh, Senator for Tasmania. Senator Betts, uh, welcome along to 2020. Neil, uh, good to be on the program and, uh, yeah, good afternoon to all your listeners. 
Eric, there is a move, now a cross-party push for new same-sex marriage laws to be brought into the Parliament in August. Uh, You're all over the media today uh, resisting that. In what ways are you uh, resisting this push, this momentum towards any change in the Marriage Act? I think there's been a lot of hyperventilation within the media about what's occurred in the United States and Ireland in recent times. And what the media regrettably are doing is not telling the Australian people what the full picture is around the world. Why don't we get to hear as much about the Italian Supreme Court rejecting same-sex marriage as we did about the US Supreme Court supporting same-sex marriage by the barest of margins. Also, I think as people start to contemplate, and this is especially amongst my colleagues, when they start to contemplate, look, superficially they say equality sounds good, but you then ask, do you actually want to vote to change the Marriage Act, to change the definition in the Marriage Act, they start retreating and saying, well, yes, that has serious consequences. And so I don't think there's a lot of momentum within the Parliament or within the Coalition uh, to change the definition of marriage. And it will be a private member's bill if it is introduced and I suspect it will suffer the fate of most private members' bills. That is, it's put on the list, but uh, basically never comes to a vote. Erica Betts, there are a couple of coalition MPs who are supporting this private members' bill. Is this uh, a significant sign that there might be more who will uh, be outspoken over this next month? I hope that that uh, that is not the case. I detect a strong feeling within the coalition party room that my colleagues are of the view that employment, health issues, national security, education are the issues that we should be concerning ourselves about. That is what the opinion polls are telling us. Just the, what, a few weeks ago, I was at an agricultural show. The Liberal Party had a stand there uh, in Tasmania. I stood there all day and not a single person came up to say top order priority is change the definition of marriage. They were concerned about youth unemployment. They were concerned about food labelling laws. They were concerned about national security, and so the list goes on. And so while superficially there is an attraction on this issue uh, to some people, uh, it's not a top-order issue. Most of my colleagues understand that. And in fact, the Labor Party made it an issue at the last election. The Australian Greens did. Australian marriage equality, so-called, made it an issue. And the Coalition went to the election saying, well, our policy position remains, and we were overwhelmingly elected. So I think all heads will prevail within the coalition party room and we will continue with the long-established policy of both the Liberal and National parties. I note that Labor Senator Penny Wong is calling on the Prime Minister to give a gift 
uh, to uh, same-sex attracted couples with the idea of same-sex marriage. And uh, I also note that the Prime Minister appears to be standing strong on his preference to leave marriage unchanged as it stands in the Marriage Act at the moment. Uh, You're close to the Prime Minister. Uh, Is he likely to be swayed by the wind if uh, if there is, uh, you know, this momentum continuing? The Prime Minister will uh, retain his position in relation to marriage. He has said so on a number of occasions. And, you know, with respect to Senator Wong, to say, you know, give a gift to a particular section of the community without mentioning what the consequences might be for another section of the community, namely the children and the socialisation of children for the next generation, is to deal with the issue superficially in the terms of give somebody a gift when it would be transformational, and I believe negatively so, for our society. Um, It really is amazing. People like Senator Penny Wong are the sort of people that tell us we need more women in Parliament. Why? Because they accept, and I agree with her, that women do bring a different perspective to the Parliament. Now we've been told that bringing up children and the socialisation of children, there's no difference between men and women. Well, yes, there is, and that is why we want to see more women in the Parliament, more women in the boardrooms of our country, because of the diversity they bring, and children have a real benefit of being brought up by a mother and father, male and female role models. Now, this new impetus comes as a private member's bill. And uh, as I understand it, a private member's bill might not even uh, be debated in the party room where any sort of decision about whether there would be a vote uh, would actually occur. Is is it the case that this bill that's been presented, even though it's co-sponsored by all these different parties, that it may not even be presented and, uh, and debated? The normal procedure is that if a member of a party wants to put forward a bill in the parliament that he or she would first of all approach their party room. Uh, That hasn't occurred in relation to this situation and uh, I think that uh, is regrettable but uh, I won't make any further comment on that. Suffice to say that given that this has occurred uh, without the party room being involved, uh, there won't be any ownership of this move by the party room. Now, Senator, something of a, a different perspective than we've covered on this 2020 program of uh, any time at all, and the idea of the Asian century. Uh, you're quoted in the media today talking about uh, the Asian century, and if there were to be any change to a marriage act here in Australia, that may affect our relations in Asia. Uh, what are your thoughts on on the coming century ahead, and whether uh, there is any sort of uh, concern about change given our relationship with uh, Asian economies? What I was seeking to uh, do by making that point about the Asian century was to highlight how elements of the media will simply pick and choose um, to suit the argument 
rather than have a coherent and holistic approach. Now, when the Labour Party were beside themselves promoting the issue of the Asian century, and uh, you know that's a good thing that we are engaging with Asia more, but we were told we have to you know, be more respectful of Asia, more engaged with Asia, and I then ask how many Asian countries do have same-sex marriage, answer nil, um, that then does pose the question, well, where is the momentum for all this change that's coming from some other countries? But I also were mentioned in my interview that the Italian Supreme Court voted against or ruled against same-sex marriage. Over 300,000 people demonstrated in Rome against same-sex marriage, which followed hot on the heels of what happened in France. The Austrian Parliament voted 110 to 26 against same-sex marriage coming on for debate. Where is that reported in the Australian media? And regrettably, what's been occurring is the media has, have only allowed one side of the debate, and that is why people think there is this overwhelming momentum, when in fact, if you have a look around the world, there are very differing views, and indeed, in the United States itself, 32 of the states, through the democratic process through referendum and plebiscites, voted to have marriage absolutely enshrined as one man and one woman, only to have unelected people in the Supreme Court overturn that and somehow telling the American people that they've always misunderstood their own constitution since its inception. With respect, I think the five majority judges have misinterpreted the constitution and when you put the proposition isn't it amazing that the supreme court believes there is this fundamental right in the united states now enshrined in the constitution albeit no words to that effect but they believe that the dignity of man allows same-sex marriage and therefore um, it is allowed by the constitution yet somehow the death penalty <laughs> is allowed and is retained um, under the US Constitution. Well, uh, you know, when it comes to matter of life or death or who can get married or not, I think uh, most of our listeners would be agreed that chances are matters of life and death might uh, be a lot more significant. And so uh, there's been this unfortunate beat-up one-way traffic by the media and as I reflected earlier today in some other media... That was exactly the same that we were submitted to as an Australian population with a republic debate. And when the opinion poll started, a clear majority allegedly were in favour. When it finally got to a referendum, despite the manic one-way traffic of the media, the Australian people, the silent majority, spoke and they spoke very loudly. And I suspect that um, that is the feeling of the Australian people as well. And might I add, my office has been inundated with supportive messages saying, oh, thank goodness somebody has finally said what we actually think and we are sick and tired of the media, both commercial and ABC, just 
only giving us one side of the debate and not treating it uh, fairly. And so I have great confidence that the coalition is doing the right thing by sticking by its policy. Erica Betts, we've got to let you go in just a few moments. One last question, though, about church leaders in Australia, uh, whether or not we've been talking about the media not giving a fair go to the side that wants to protect marriage as it stands there in the Marriage Act. Uh, Is there a a good relationship with churches in Australia between the coalition MPs? Uh, Can you reflect at all on, on whether church leaders are being heard, whether they're saying enough? Uh, Is there a a communication between you and church leaders around Australia? Um, I would encourage church leaders to be more involved in this debate. The sad thing is when the uh, Catholic bishops of Australia put out a uh, document entitled Don't Mess With Marriage, they are vilified by the so-called Australian Marriage Equality Organisation. And I've read the booklet cover to cover There is nothing hateful in it. There is just a very strong, coherent argument that dismantles the superficiality of the marriage equality argument. And so what we're seeing is quite an unfortunate and unattractive approach by marriage equality um, um, supporters in vilifying and trying to belittle those that support marriage and trying to bully them into silence. So I would encourage people that feel strongly on this, and might I add, yes, the Christian community, indeed the Islamic community, most of the religious communities um, have very strong views on this, but might I add, also people not of any faith have very strong views on this as well, and I would just encourage them not to be belittled, not to be bullied, but actually say what they believe, state their case, state it clearly, and if people seek to abuse, vilify, call them all sorts of unfortunate names, to stand strong. And uh, this argument is not about what adults might be able to do with each other. This is about the socialisation of the next generation and the ideal is a man and a woman, preferably if, you know, the ideal is the biological mum and dad providing the security of identity and the diversity of a male and female role model. And indeed, the United Nations Declaration on Human Rights, it talks about everyone everyone having this right, everyone having another right. Only Article 16 breaks it up into a man and a woman having the right to marry. So they, the one article where they don't talk about everyone has a right to marriage, they specifically said in the UN Declaration of Human Rights that a man and a woman have a right to marriage. And that clearly indicates that From way back, marriage has been and continues to be and should continue to be an institution between a man and a woman. And why is society interested in it? The only reason is for the protection and socialisation of the next generation. Well, Senator Eric Abetz, thank you so much for taking time to uh, share your heartbeat and to reflect 
uh, what's happening within coalition ranks when it comes to this issue of same-sex marriage, uh, this momentum, this push towards uh, the possibility of a vote sometime in August. And uh, certainly your insights very valuable today. Senator Erica Betts, the leader of the government in the Senate, thanks so much for being with us on 2020. Neil, thanks for the opportunity. We will continue our conversation in just a few moments. You'll be able to contribute to our conversation. Our talkback line open on 1-800-316-316. We are talking through issues of marriage. It's been a, pr- a privilege and a pleasure to uh, hear the uh, heartbeat of Senator Eric Abetz, the leader of the government in the Senate. Our guest this hour also is Dr David Van Gend, President of the Australian Marriage Forum. We'll continue our conversation, talk some more in just a few moments. We are talking through marriage issues this this hour and talkback line open one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. Our guests we just left behind uh, Senator Erica Betts making uh, very important comments here on 2020 today as the leader of the government in the Senate. Our other special guest this hour uh, is Dr David Van Gend, President of the Australian Marriage Forum, who is still with us and will be taking some calls. You might like to be part of our conversation. You've heard what we've been talking about with regard to marriage, the momentum, the push that's coming from the same-sex marriage side of the debate to try and force uh, some level of change to the Marriage Act. Well, you can call us 1-800-316-316. Let us know your thoughts. Let's hear from Emmanuel in Perth. Hello, Emmanuel. Welcome along to 2020. Hi, guys. How are you going? Good, Emmanuel. Thanks for holding on so long. What are your Not thoughts? Um, I was just reading some uh, post blog stuff from um, America, from guys like Don Carson, Gospel Coalition, guys like that. And... Um, we have to be really careful as Christians not to not to get angry um, how we come across. And uh, that was one thing that I really stood out to me when we talked to other people about it, uh, particularly um, gay and lesbian people. We have to be really loving and love them as we love we love Jesus. Emmanuel, I think you're making a great point. Let's hear from Dr. David Van Gend from the Australian Marriage Forum. Uh, David, uh, this lovingness, this gentleness, uh, we need to have that in our response, no matter how heated the debate gets. Absolutely, and I think we all do. I mean, I, I, I think of friends of mine who are very, very strongly against the idea of same-sex marriage, but, you know, I'll go to a cup of tea at their place, this elderly couple, and they'll have a couple of neighbours who are a gay couple they're having tea with them. I mean, they're just neighbours and friends, and you're their friends. But I disagree that we shouldn't be angry. We should be extremely angry about the abuse of political process that forces in America, forces homosexual marriage on all future children, of, you know, on the whole of society, so that all future children of gay couples will be brought up without a mother or without a father by law, not by accident, but by an act of the Supreme Court. That is a grave injustice. It is discrimination against future children to pass laws that makes them miss out on a mother or makes them miss out on a father. We should be properly angry about that and we should be properly angry about the big stick of anti-discrimination law that will now beat the churches into submission in America and it will here. And uh, Emmanuel, um, I'm as, as soft and old, you know, tender-hearted person as anyone could ever be as far as individual friendships and relationships with, hey, my patients or my friends who happen to be suffering from same-sex attraction impulses, 
They, to my mind, are suffering from an affliction that you wouldn't wish on your worst enemy, and they deserve our kindness and tenderness at every single point. But that does not mean we be naive and, and weak in our resistance to this terrible uh, uh, legislative proposal that is so unjust to children and so oppressive of Christian people. Emmanuel in Perth, thanks so much for being part of 2020 today. Another call, Paul in Kalimna West in Victoria. Hello, Paul. What's your thoughts? Uh, we probably need to be fairly quick. Sure. Uh, look, I just think that, uh, you know, the whole matter of uh, gay marriage, it's, it's sort of uh, got under the radar because the last time you had salt shakers on, I wrote to my local federal member and said that I think you've got to think about the children issues all about the children and not having a mother and a father and and then I heard that he's voting for it you know where he wasn't before and I think as as a Christian we've got to start standing up because we can have the situation like they had in the second world war with Germany uh, you know putting millions of Jews in the gas chambers because good people like Christians here in Australia didn't say anything and I think we need to stand up and get a backbone and those that haven't contacted a local member I just encourage you to do that because once if it gets in it's too late we need to move now and let our voice be heard because we are you know soldiers of god and, and we're his uh, children and we need to stand up and not be embarrassed about it well that's a great point paul and uh, the encouragement there is to be in touch with your federal mp and make sure your your voice is heard. And uh, as salt shakers were reflecting a little earlier, uh, even get together a delegation and make an appointment to see your federal MP. So, Paul, thank you for your input today here on 2020. Uh, we don't want time to get away on us too much here, David Van Gend. Uh, let me ask you about this Galaxy research, the poll. The results that came out were quite astounding. Uh, when we're talking about margins of three to one, on a whole lot of different findings from this Galaxy uh, a poll. Uh, tell us a little more about some deeper things that you've gleaned from uh, the research that was done by Galaxy Research. Yes, Neil, Galaxy Research does a news poll. It's a very major company. And we asked them to do a, a full national representative survey to solve a problem because... As you know, you have opinion polls that say, oh, a majority support same-sex marriage, fine. But you also have opinion polls uh, that say a majority support a child's right, where possible, to be raised by both their mother and their father. Now, if you stop and think, those two majority votes are incompatible. They're mutually exclusive. Because if you do want a child to have both a mother and a father, you cannot institute marriage of two men, which means motherless families you can only have one of these two choices and so what we wanted to do was to get away from these simplistic polls that say are you a nice person who supports same-sex marriage or are you a nasty person we wanted to say wait put both of these questions together understand that they are conflicting questions which of these two questions do you think is more important that a child should have the right where possible to be raised by both their mum and their dad or that two men should have the right to marry and create a family. And we were fascinated to find that by a margin of three to one, Australians supported the rights of the child, where possible to have a mum and a dad, over the rights of two men to marry and create a motherless family. And that is interesting because it's never been done before, Neil. They've only ever asked a question in isolation. 
And this was on top of the finding that 76% of, of Australians agree that um, as a basic ideal, uh, we should try to ensure that children are raised by their own mother and father where possible. We asked that question on its own first, and we got 76%, which is the same result as three years ago when the Sexton Company asked the same question. So that's a steady finding. And yes, 76% of Australians understand that the right to marry includes the right to create a family. And the reason that's important in the gay marriage debate, uh, Neil, is that um, if you allow you know, two men the right to marry, you are guaranteeing them the right to create a family by adoption or by surrogacy. Guaranteeing it. So at present in Australia, a number of states prohibit adoption for same-sex couples. And they prohibit surrogacy for same-sex couples. For instance, South Australia and um, WA and Victoria and Queensland all have laws that in one way or another prohibit on the basis of the best interests of the child. Now, if you bring in a law for same-sex marriage, that national law will overturn all state prohibitions on adoption and surrogacy by same-sex couples and it will become a national, permanent violation of the rights of a child to be raised where possible by their mum and their dad. That's why same-sex marriage is a big deal for the future of children. And what our study showed was that when you drill down and ask Australians which they think is more important, they'll put their hand up and vote for the child's rights over the adult's rights any time. So the idea of children's rights needs to be promoted and on the agenda. Now, this is credible research that's come, David. What sort of coverage are you aware of uh, through national media outlets uh, of the results of these new Galaxy research polls? Well, it seems an eternity ago that I launched it, but I was in Canberra in Parliament House and I launched it at a, a media conference Thursday last week, so one week ago. And AAP, the uh, media company, came to the conference and they had a story on it which went to all their outlets. The Australian newspaper journalist came and there was to be a story, but it was subsequently crowded out by other big news stories. So apart from AAP distributing it online and it made a little story in the Daily Telegraph newspaper, that was it. And I must mention that our, our, our friends at SBS blocked their website from showing our story blocked it this is the same taxpayer funded website a taxpayer funded media company sbs that also blocked our very gentle television ad from showing during the mardi gras and for which we've had them quizzed at the senate uh, committee so they are an activist as i said last week when bill muhlenberg was on sbs is an activist organisation with an overtly homosexual CEO or managing director, and they should be held to account for this grotesque abuse of their power. Uh, having said that, um, the bottom line is that we got very, very little coverage, even though it's a remarkable bit of research by one of the top companies in the country. And that just shows you, Neil, that you know the media has enormous power to make a story of something that they want the country to hear and to suppress any story that they don't want the people of Australia to hear and regrettably, uh, to some extent, that seems to have been the case uh, here where it's just dropped and vanished without much uh, impact. Well, I'd like to encourage listeners to be able to download that research and send it on to their local media outlets, whether that's uh, newspaper, uh, radio, uh, television outlets around the nation. Uh, I guess uh, you can download this research off your yeah, website. Sure, can you sure. What's Absolutely. It? Just go to our uh, Australian Marriage Forum. So it's uh, australianmarriage.org 
And if you go to um, our news and views down the page, uh, it's uh, probably the first or second. I'll just have a look while I'm talking and tell you which one it's at. It's it's the um, second top story. So there we are. New Galaxy Poll reframes the same-sex marriage debate. And if you click on that, I've put a Dropbox link. And you can download the... It's the key findings. I put some comments in this in this little report, but it's the actual key findings that Galaxy sent us. Very... Very important because, frankly, we have to make a choice in Australia, Neil. We have to choose. We cannot have both. We either choose for same-sex couples to be sort of validated as, as the same as married couples, or we choose the fundamental right and profound emotional need of children to have a mother and a father. And as a GP, I can tell you that that is the most important thing for any of us in our entire existence is to have that secure bond to our, the man and woman who gave us existence, to look up and see those two faces who, who alone in the entire world reflect our own face. They are our flesh and blood. And where possible, we must be linked to them as babies and as children and as, and as people. To deliberately break that bond with a law for same-sex marriage is as, as offensive and vandalistic an act as it was when we say did laws for forced adoption of babies from their teenage mothers, or even when we did laws forcing children away from their Aboriginal parents. We have hurt children in so many ways over the years as a government. Why would we do it again? Why would we bring in another law that is going to hurt children again and for which we'll have to do a national apology in due course? Uh, well, we'll enlist our listeners uh, to help unblock the blockage of getting that research into the hands of people around Australia. And uh, I know that there'll be some listening to our conversation now who'll who'll relish that opportunity. And, uh, you know, you've sent out an email, you've sent out a letter, you've, you've said hello to your local federal MP and you've made your voice uh, heard. But here's an opportunity to get some really valid research into the hands of your local media outlets. Simply download uh, that detail from the Australian Marriage Forum. Simply Google Australian Marriage Forum and you'll be able to download that detail but get it into the hands of local journalists, whether it's television, radio or newspapers and make sure that your community is informed about these issues. There are blockages that are keeping your community from being heard. So here's an opportunity to do something about that. We'll continue our conversation in just a few moments. Dr David Van Gend, our guest, is the President of the Australian Marriage Forum. We're talking through these survey results there are lots of people our telephones are full and i will take some calls in just a few moments as we've got time life culture and current events from a biblical perspective 2020 on vision a child's right to a mum and a dad. Our topic of conversation this hour, Dr. David Van Gend from Australian Marriage Forum is our guest. David, let's take some calls and uh, we'll need to be quick with uh, with any uh, thoughts and uh, and things today. So uh, Russ from Slacks Creek in Brisbane. Hello, Russ. Thanks for waiting on the line. Hello. How are you? Um, when, when I'm um, ringing a bed, you always put the adults on talking about this sort of thing. A few months ago, I seen two men brought up by gays, right? And they were bringing it in that they wanted um, to stop this sort of thing, right? But you never heard of children. The other thing, 
that happened to me when I was very young. I was molested by a bloke. I don't know who it was. But I had visions and dreams of this thing happening all my time and that. When I got born again, I thank God he healed me. There's, that's a question I've got. What about the children who have been brought up in these family situations, so-called? What do they think? I haven't heard their views of it. If you, Russ, if you go to our website, we had some beautiful stories from children who've been raised in same-sex households. Uh, very, very powerful stories, and even a, a talkback from a lady called Amy, who told me about how much she wished she'd had a dad and how much it broke her heart all her life because she'd only been raised by her mother and a lesbian partner. So can I just direct you to our website? Go back and you'll find some terrific stories about children who were raised in same-sex households and know just how much they missed out on. Russ from Slacks Creek, thanks so much for being with us on 2020. Let's hear from Jonathan in Perth. Hello, Jonathan. Need to be very quick. Yes, hello. Yes, I'm Jonathan. Yeah. According to people are listening to the, you know, gay marriage is outside of the Bible, so it should not be practiced in any other country. And so I heard you say that we should all gather together and try to stop this gay marriage in our country. And so that's the best thing we should do. Christians should not just sit down and say, oh, it is a world business, it's not our business. It is our business because it's a feature of our children. So we should fight now instead of wait until tomorrow. Jonathan, thanks so much for your input today here on thanks, 2020. Sean. Let's hear from Eric in Glen Innes. Hello, Eric. Yeah, good day, mate. Look, if my, my question is if 76% of Australians support same-sex marriage, then why doesn't the government just put it to a referendum? I, know, I don't know where they got these fanciful figures from, but I know I wasn't asked my opinion. And Matthew 19.4-5 sums up Jesus' and God's point of view on, on how marriage should be conducted. And that's between a man and a woman. Oh, wow. Eric, thank you yep. so much for your input today here on 2020. A, a quick response, uh, anything that uh, those, those callers were saying from you, David? Look, it's, it's quite right. The most important thing any of us can do is to talk to our MP. The best thing is to go and meet with them. Go with one friend or two friends and just go and say um, to our MP, a federal MP, not state, federal MP, how important this is to us. Please understand that we want marriage left alone because to us it means that children have this right to a mum and a dad and it just keeps our society just, you know, uh, balanced and, 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 and we want you to please keep marriage as it is. Just say something like that and they will really take that seriously. But please, everyone listening, go to our website and send a little letter to your MP or even better, visit them. But let them know because that is what will make all the difference. That, not the media, not what happens overseas. It's what their constituents hear. Uh, sorry, MPs hear from their constituents. So please do, do your part and who knows what might happen. Uh, David, let me go into that for you for a few moments because some of the initiatives that you've been running, these television advertisements, and we mentioned the one on SBS, but there's been others that have been run around the country, these cost a lot of money. It costs yeah. a lot of money to uh, to initiate the sorts of research that you've been uh, been responsible for in this Galaxy poll. Uh, can people support you financially when they go to your website? Is there a place they can give a donation? There is. Just go to australianmarriage.org org and um, donate you know take action donate we put donate buttons everywhere because we need it everything we've done everything has been from online donations our television ads our research and there's more research happening now we're getting the great ryan anderson out from america to talk around the country in, in, a, in, a, in several weeks we've got lots of things we're trying to do and it's all because of gifts of people twenty dollars here a hundred someone put in three thousand we, we need the big people to stand up and, and help us. Then we can really do things. But in the meantime, just amongst us, amongst small people, 
if everyone chips in, we can keep doing good things. And I promise not a dollar's wasted. We cover all our own costs. I went to Canberra. I paid for everything myself. Nothing is spent except on the campaign. So if you can put some money into australianmarriage.org, then, hey, we'll, uh, we'll make things happen. You know, from what I hear, uh, there is a lot of money behind the push for same-sex marriage. So Christians do need to stand up and say, uh, there is a place here. I need to put my money where my mouth is. And uh, you're doing some very good work, Dr. David Van Gend, uh, pointing people to your website there. And simply, if you forget the website name, just Google Australian Marriage Forum, and uh, you'll have uh, some great resource to be able to understand what's going on in the debate. David Van Gend. And our Facebook, Neil, because that's where most of the action is Australian Marriage Forum at Facebook. Join the conversation. David, thanks so much for being with us today. Thank you, Neil. Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener supported. Your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au.